Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Okay, I'm going to try to... <laughs> oh, my God. Marsha Warfield is here in my house. In your basement. Okay. I, okay. From I know you know her from Night Court and... Whatever. Fuck, you know her from... <laughs> Say by the I bell. I know her from being my comedy uh, idol, my icon. You're you're only... I'm in my 50s. You're in my... Six, you're in your 60s. I, but you were... You were the shit, and you still are. <laughs> well, that's nice to know. I've always wanted to be the shit. <laughs> Should I say shizzle? You think I swear too much on the happy hour. Okay. You know, I'm just... Marsha Warfield, you're... We had some controversy with Samantha B this week. I want, I'm trying to keep us on the air. Oh, we have, I, I, we have so much to talk about. I don't know where to start. Because <laughs> you are one of my comedy heroes. I don't, I don't know if you know that. Probably not. But for a lot of women, a whole generation of us, you were... Uh, a trailblazer, you were I, 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 ferocious, you were uh, all of this shit that's happening, <laughs> me too, all of it, the racism is conversations we're having around Roseanne, you, you know, the, the, the dirty words from Samantha B. you were a trailblazer for all of that. Well, it's a good thing I didn't know that then. <laughs> you were just funny, man. I was just, you know, making it up as I went along. I was doing what I thought it was supposed to be done. Yeah. Well, we're, we're obviously taping this on a week when we find out that 70 times the amount of people died in Puerto Rico that we thought died. We found out that the president is obstructing justice on a daily basis more than we ever thought. Ripping families and, apart at the border. Right. Tearing infants away from their parents at the border who are not even illegal, who are here asking for asylum. And Samantha B said the C word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. It's the happy hour. I said cunt. Yes. <laughs> and I mean, what? How? when did we become the comedians or the problem in America? I've and, always, I, I saw that coming with, with Trump uh, uh, being elected. I, I said, there, there's no more comedy. You can't be funnier than the situation. The situation is so ridiculous that, you know, just saying it is the joke. Right. But fun 
funny in a way, but also horrifying and it's, not funny. Well, it's horrifying and terrifying, and, terrifying <laughs> and sad, yeah. right? Like it's, isn't it? Like they keep saying comedians are reading, leading the resistance, and yet we're all like, this is not fucking funny. When this I is, talk about it on stage, I ask, are, do we have any Trump supporters? And nobody ever says anything. As if it's the first president in history, nobody voted for. You're just performing in the right places, apparently. <laughs> no, I'm in Vegas. Everybody shows up in Vegas. Yeah, you live in Vegas now. Yeah. So uh, that's right. Everybody shows up in Vegas. That's I mean, right. so that's interesting. Would you, how, what, what, what would you say? What percentage of your act is political or anti-Trump, and what is not? And how? how all comedy react? is political, and all my comedy is anti-Trump. I mean, I'm just <laughs> I'm a walking anti-Trump. You're a, you're a black gay woman. Yeah, yeah. There's just no way that I would be pro-Trump. You're just like anti-MAGA. <laughs> yeah. Not MAGA. Yeah. When was America great? I'm scared to find out where they want to go back to. What do they define as great? Yeah. You know, I I'm, keep going back into history and going, no, that wasn't, no. Yes. That wasn't, no. No, that was pretty no. sucky, too. <laughs> <laughs> that fucking sucked, too. Um, okay. I don't, where do we want to start about uh, this week? Because so Samantha B makes a great point about us ripping infants away from their parents. Right. She uses whatever. Maybe she could have used a different word. Uh, you know, we just had Kathy Griffin on the happy hour, you know, three weeks ago. So she had a Halloween mask with ketchup. Is this the same as the president of the United States saying grab him by the pussy and calling Sally Yates a cunt and uh, uh, how, uh, mocking a disabled like on and on yeah. right? No, it's not the same, and it, it, it it's what aboutism you know that we uh, become. That's right. Uh, we become more. The opinion is more important than the fact. So whatever it is, it doesn't matter what the fact is. It's how you feel about it. And so we've all broken into these little camps and debate how we feel about things when it has nothing to do with what the real truth is. And so yeah. we're just arguing about air. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> no, it's really, I'm, um, on, I'm on social media. I love social media. I love, I love yeah. Facebook. I'm retired. I was retired for a long time, and that's what old people do, Facebook. And Facebook is the... <laughs> 21st century version of sitting in the window yelling at people so that's what i do you know and i no i love that you kind you post every story and then you just yell at it which is fantastic i argue with people about it because people say stupid things and we let it pass yeah you know everybody lets it pass but i don't i ask them why did you say that why is this what the hell are you talking about so So can you explain to people why samantha b calling another woman the c word as whatever you think of that word you can uh, say is it's different a, con, right a but feckless it, cunt. thank you feckless cunt. she's not <laughs> well she's, mo- the, she's more feckless than cunt in my opinion but true. anyway my point is uh, marcia that uh can you explain how that's different than calling a black woman an ape like please stop on fucking social media with going that wasn't racist she looks like a it's like Really, we're not having this conversation anymore, are we? Yeah, you, we are. You know it's a racial, <laughs> a racial insult, or you wouldn't have used it. Right. Just like we know the reason why you call somebody uh, a cunt is because they're doing something so outrageous, so uh, terrible, that there's nothing else to call them. Whereas you're talking about Valerie Jarrett, she hadn't done anything to anybody that deserves right. 
Everyone's like, how is she in the news? How the... Yeah, I mean... How do you get just call the name? Valerie Boone? Randomly, what? Yeah, <laughs> that's the other thing. Like, how did they go after her? <laughs> right. So, right. And it's not the first time. No. You know, it, it's Susan a Rice. pretty regular thing. Uh, yeah. You know, What's your take on Roseanne? You must know her. I've only met Roseanne once. Uh, that was like in 1978, 79. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't really know her. I follow her on social media. I follow uh, her her tweets. And uh, but uh, you by know, tweets she meant insanity. Yes, I don't really try to follow a lot of comedians. I mean, I follow them, but I don't pay a lot of attention to them because I don't want to sound like them. So I don't really watch other comedians. I'm kind of uh, George Miller. If yeah. you remember George yeah, Miller, yeah. he I love I George. used to have a great line. He said, I, "I'm not going to mention any of the comedians coming up because I'm kind of wrapped up in my own career." <laughs> and so I just. Uh, you know, I wish everybody well, but, you know, they have I mean, to own their own bullshit. Hold that thought, Night Court. <laughs> it's time for some more Cameron Hughes wine. Stephanie Miller's Happy Hour Podcast, yes, brought to you by Cameron Hughes Wine. Travis, are you concerned the degree to which I'm enthusiastic about uh, this company? You've become like a pusher for it, because, like, Marsha was not going to have any wine, but you said, but it's Cameron Hughes wine. Right. And then you explained to her. Right. Oh, no, no, you should hear my private conversations with my friends. I, I'm a I, I'm a walking infomercial mm-hmm. because I, uh, I I've just I never believed in anything like this. I didn't know such a thing existed. I was actually thinking about. It. I'm tired of driving and parking and hauling uh, cases. Sean, do I buy that much at a time? Yeah. Anyway, uh, Cameron Hughes wine. Let me explain what it is. It is wine sourced from uh, boutique and artisanal wineries from around the world. Unbeatable quality and price. It is award-winning wines, and I'm telling you, half the price. Well, they've been doing this for 17 right. years. We've wasted 17 years of our lives. Thank you. That's what I want to do over. <laughs> Think about all the driving to the store we could have saved, Thank all the you. gas we could have saved for the last 17 years. Thank you. It's uh, Nobody delivers high-end boutique artisanal wines better than chwine.com. You've got to go check it out. It is. I thought it was a winery at first, and when I saw the wine, I'm like, there's no way wine at this price is going to be you know me i love my chardonnays yes they've got 13 14 15 16 bottles i'm like there's no way i'm telling you you can tell those are probably 30 or 40 dollar bottles i have a friend he, who went to sommelier school right i was telling her about this last week at the cabin yeah. and she was like i need to see this website i need to look at th-. and she was fascinated cameron when she went hughes is a guy yeah. he's your sommelier he's been doing this for over 17 years it is one of the most successful online wine retailers um there, there's just a lot number on each one and they give you great descriptions so that you know exactly what kind of wine it is if you know like oh i like a buttery rumbauer type you you know you can go there and search for what you're looking right, for and they exactly, have it exactly um <clears throat> i am a uh, pinot noir and a chardonnay girl as you know they mm-hmm. also have a great sparkling wine they have a great rosé i don't I, i'm not a big red girl but they have amazing cabs from what I'm told, that I'm going to try the red blend because that's supposed to be amazing. Great wine, direct to you. Finest wines, direct to your door. Cam stands behind every bottle of wine, guarantees you every one of them. Cameron Hughes Wine, exceptional value, extraordinary wine. Go to chwine.com. You use the code Miller. You get 15% off and free shipping. That's what you want, free shipping, so you don't have to drive to the store. <laughs> that's the other reason I wasn't doing it online. I'm like, oh, i got to pay for shipping. No, just use the code Miller. Go to chwine.com. Use the code Miller. You get 15% off and free shipping with your minimum three-bottle order today. Chwine wine.com the code is miller and now back to the show right but i mean marcia in the week that you know samantha b saying cunt is the worst thing that's ever happened we find out the death toll in you know puerto rico is 70 times whatever we find out he's committing treason again out in the open we find out you know i mean on and on and on and that he's i mean how many t-shirts did you say at trump rallies hillary's a cunt like you're like i mean 
he's called Sally Yates a cunt. Like you're just like he's lowered Bleeding the bar from so whatever, far. The from wherever, but where? Yes. From wherever. I know comedians saying dirty words is a shock to you, but <laughs> yeah. But really, he's lowered the bar so far that you're like, how do you go? Oh. This is, I've, I mean, it's selective outrage. But we've known these things. We knew uh, that people were dying in Puerto Rico when he was tossing uh, paper towels, uh, paper towels at people. Yeah. That's what made it, well, it was outrageous. How many, of anyway. the, how many uh, casualties did he cause with head injuries? Who knows? Yeah, but we knew that then. Yeah. So yeah. it's like we, uh, we know the truth and we report it. And then he goes, yeah, but what about uh, peanut butter? You know, and then everybody goes, "Yeah, what about peanut right. butter?" And uh, what I don't even like Who? peanut butter, right? Uh, Who? What? <laughs> and we get all caught up in that, and the people are, are still dead. You know, and it's it's uh, it's we, we follow all so, for the baby. I, here's the weird thing, too. So we're taping this on June first. This is Pride Month starting. Travis, what did I say to you? I was like, "Oh, I didn't know Marshall Warfel was gay." <laughs> like, I didn't honestly because I just I just. Loved you as a comedian, and you, I didn't realize you didn't come out till last year. And I know people are like, "What a female comedian is what?" But really, be a shock. But I, I did not. I didn't actually know. Well, I, I, I didn't know. I felt like you were out before that, though. <laughs> no, I was out. You know, the people come out in stages. Yeah. yeah. No. You yeah. know, and so what I year was, did I? Did we Google what year I came out? August thirteenth, two thousand ten. Thank you. <laughs> I came out in in to family and friends and that whole thing and and me and, too uh but i didn't know i was gay until i was in my 20s yeah no uh, me neither I nobody guess, yeah. talked about that stuff i was born uh i say i like to say on stage i'm the same age as oprah winfrey we were born in the year of brown versus the board of education so nobody talked about those things yeah. they just called you different yeah and uh, yeah. i was different which means they knew and they could have saved me a lot of trouble if they had just told me, but they didn't. Right, but they didn't. Yeah. Um, wow. We actually have a lot in common in that sense that, you know, even though I know you talk a lot about how different it is in the black culture, and I know it is, but I the same thing. I I thought, oh, I don't want to do this to my mom. Not, your mom specifically asked you, don't do this to, while I'm still alive. My mom didn't know, and I just thought, oh, I don't want to put her through this while she's still alive. And my mom, my, and my mom is now ninety-five and still with us. Yeah, you'd have been waiting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, mom, but, you know, she's just a friend. But you're right. I got tired at a certain age of you know Having editing pronouns and where I am for a holiday and <laughs> right. Yeah, but so what? Tell us about yours because you talk about that. That caused some deep pain that she said wait until I'm gone and so that that obviously imparted shame to you in some way yeah but at the time given the climate you know this was before don't ask don't tell this was before uh, uh, it was any kind of way okay so given the climate it wasn't all that unreasonable a request it was it wasn't until later you know when you realize that oh that was really a lot to you know yeah uh, insult to add to the injury but uh at the time it was like okay you know no big deal i'm just yeah but that was the case even well into the 90s i i came out in 1996 to my mom i was 21 and she, her first reaction was who knows right does any of the family know and i remember like how i the way i had to tell my cousin was 
my dad was dying of cancer and she's like aren't you sad that your dad's not going to see you get married I'm like Renee I'm gay <laughs> I can't <laughs> I'm a, yeah. he might see me get married depending on how the Supreme Court goes yeah. but yeah, yeah. Uh, this is nine, that was that was, yeah. Yeah, was 2006 yeah. that was pretty I don't know my mom was like <laughs> I mean I I spent so long Marsha your experience probably is different but you know judging how they were you know worrying about how they were going to judge me that I judged them I'm like oh they're Republican they're Catholic they're going to and my mom, I was crying, and my mom burst into tears, too. She's like, oh, Steffi. You know, and then she was just like, oh, you're so pretty. Aren't you attracted to men? <laughs> oh, I got that all the time. Is like, don't you want to look nice? You know, don't you want to look nice? Take off the jeans. Put on a dress. It was a stocking. Oh, my mom, like, oh, why can't you, why do you work so blue? Thing. Why can't you be more like that Rita Rudner? She wears a dress, and, and she doesn't want to fix your hair. <laughs> Did you ever get it was a phase? Hmm? Did, you, did they ever say was it is a phase? No, because they knew. <laughs> they knew. I mean, it, it's like they tried to deprogram me. It's like I talk about. Uh, there used to be a thing about left-handedness. Yeah, and you yeah, didn't, you didn't right. want to raise a left-handed child, and so you would hold their arms down and make them use their right hand. And they did the same thing to gay kids. Yeah. They were like, As "That you was the saw early that. You therapy. saw your child right was gay before they knew what sex was, and you tried to." put them into a box they didn't fit in and it was a whole programming yeah. thing that they did yeah. because they thought that was good parenting well I gotta say I saw you in a sketch was it the Richard Pryor show you have such an amazing history but there was a um, food foreplay sketch where you and Richard Pryor were eating at a fancy restaurant at different times right. <laughs> you just start eating food increasingly more seductively <laughs> <laughs> that was the first sketch. <laughs> Google it, you guys. Seriously, I did. Um, that was the first sketch of the night. We taped, uh, you know, all yeah. the sketches. That yeah. was the first sketch. The curtains came up on the show, and we're sitting there. We had not rehearsed it. He got married that day. Didn't tell anybody. Showed up late. Uh, uh, we just said, "Well, we're just going to do this." I had never done anything like that before. I was, I was scared fantastic. to death. I had no clue. I, wor I worried every. I worried my mother. I was like, Mom, how do I do this? And she said, Oh, you'll be fine. And it just worked. We did one take. And oh my one God! Really? Pickup. It was okay. By the time you got to the corn on the cob, that's just what fucking epic, man. Because I buttered the corn. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'd be helpful, I would think. Yeah, I, I buttered the corn. You know, I, I they had butter in a dish, and I took it with my fingers, yes, and I yes. buttered the yeah. corn. And I love him just staring at you, just like sucking in spaghetti, just like. <laughs> he said after that he had been blessed with the longest string of, uh, a strand of spaghetti in history. And, so. <laughs> and by the way, uh, I hope you know you're we're post me too, because nice tits in that sketch, <laughs> Marsha. <laughs> now they're, they're no, they're, it's neither still. They nice. look at the, my shoes. No, no, they're fantastic, <laughs> dude. They, they, they talk to me. You know, we're sorry, Marsha. We we can't stand up anymore. We they're just winking at your shoes. We can't we, do it uh, anymore. Those are nice oh. shoes, though. They are. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wait. So, anyway, I have so much to talk to you about. Bill Cosby, Richard Pryor. But Richard Pryor, let's talk. Let's focus on that for a second because um, you obviously like. That's a lot to be. You were you worked with this comedy legend, you know. I mean, just that sketch alone. If people Google it, right. 
you were his comedy equal. I mean, you guys were going toe-to-toe, man. I mean... I was a rookie. It was, I got to town in 1976. I started comedy in 1974. Uh, the show was in 1977. And so I had done a couple yeah. of little things, but I had not done anything I, I was that scale. awestruck by you. I, you know, I... I was right. awestruck by Richard. I mean, I, I just right. to be in All the... Of us. Orbit was enough yeah. for me, and so to actually be able to work with them was like, you know, trying to entertain God. You just, yeah. how do you do that? Yeah. <laughs> what was he like? He was rather shy. Was he? Yeah. He was very quiet and shy uh, until it was time to go on stage. And he was always polite, uh, except when he scratched my palm. And uh, <laughs> I had no idea what that meant. I was 23 years old. I had no idea what that meant. I had to ask a friend. He scratched my palm, and they had to explain it to me. Oh, that was like supposed to be right when a guy shook your hand. I remember this. Yeah. No, it this was, is our era. A guy shook your hand, and then he went like that. It was like a give me some. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. Gay guys still do that. <laughs> I know, but I, I haven't heard that in years. Wait a minute. So, um, let's talk about <laughs> Bill Cosby because. This is, speaking of comedy icons, um, you've talked about being ashamed of not sharing sooner about Bill Cosby. You talk about being conflicted over him, not only because you looked up to him, as a lot of young comedians did, of course, um, but but because you had first-hand knowledge of his predilection for spiking drinks. So talk about that your first PR guy was his first PR guy, and and what happened? Well, I don't know if it was uh, his first PR guy. It was, I, I, we just... I was like one of the people on the roster, and um, and they told me Cosby wanted a meeting, which was cool because he had done my talk show. Yeah. And uh, wait, when was the Marshall Warfield show? I don't know. Was it a late I, night show? No, it was a daytime. Oh, okay. Because on, my late night show uh, blew up in '95. But you're <laughs> you're. No, I was I was uh, in, in the era of everybody gets a talk. Show. Everybody and you Oprah get a talk show, and you, and get, you a talk. get a talk show. Right? <laughs> no, I got, I got one too. I got one too. Okay, all right, go ahead. And I had mine, but mine was a minute. Uh, yeah, I remember about okay. as long as the magic hour, and uh, so I, I, uh, <laughs> uh, but I had a daytime talk show, and I, I just wanted to have fun, and that was a foreign concept for daytime. Uh, they wanted, you know, cooking. <laughs> Can I just say I don't know why I have a random thought about Arsenio Hotel because Arsenio was. Very sweet to me because I got my late night show on his old stage with all his own staff, and they just hoped people wouldn't notice it was a little white lady instead of him. <laughs> that was what Disney was hoping. But anyway, um, I remember he—I <laughs> probably shouldn't say this, but he was talking about the Keenan show because of all the shows, Magic, and then Keenan got a show, and he goes, "The thing everybody said about a living color is like the only bad part is when the guy gets talks in the beginning." <laughs> And they gave that guy a show. All right. Anyway, so magic, fantastic. But anyway, go ahead. Go you ahead know, and what? The guy's what? a basketball player. Okay. So wait, but so you were talking about Bill Cosby. Wait, you had the same PR guy. Yeah. And they said okay. uh, he wanted to meet you, and and then he said, and then he throws in, in it, just don't drink anything. <laughs> I'm like what? what? Uh, no, uh, you're not his type. But uh, even if he offers you something, you know, don't drink. He likes to. You know, uh, give women drinks, and and that way they'll never come back on you. That's. I mean, I gotta say, this is pretty eerie. What you were quoted as saying, he went on to say, "Cos did it protect himself and his image because a drugged woman wouldn't remember, and if she did, no one would believe her." 
holy shit. I was, I was, couldn't believe what I was hearing. And I'm like, you should never tell anyone this, ever. Don't ever say that again. That's horrible. And he's like, ha, ha, ha. And I'm like, no, ha, ha, hell. That's a horrible thing. And I kind of just filed it away because it's, it's information. First of all, it's secondhand, thirdhand. And it's something I I can't do anything about, but right. I don't want to know this. You know, I don't want, why did you tell me this? You know, it wasn't. You, I love uh, this part. He reassured me he's been doing it for years. Everyone knew it. And again, it was no big deal. And so you took the meeting with Cosby, declined to ranks. Good girl. Yeah. <laughs> I tend to do that most often. <laughs> Listen, I feel happy that I got you to have a little Chardonnay. You had to twist her arm to get that. I'm kind of woozy. No, I, no, I'm just <laughs> I think she went for it because he gave her the Trump, because Trump drinking glass. <laughs> I know. I'm not going to do anything I'm to you. I'm going to scratch it out and write, no, Trump. <laughs> <laughs> but so what happened with your meeting with Cosby? So you he offered a Nothing. drink. I couldn't like, understand yeah. why I had this meeting. It was pretty pointless. It was just, you know, random talking and I, stuff we had already talked about on the air. And uh, then he said, well, okay, and I left. And that was that. All right, if you're not going to let me put a pill in the people, I'm just going <laughs> to let you go. Ah. So I, I, didn't, Cosby I didn't pay any I hope attention. you enjoyed it. I did. I, I, mm-hmm. I was right back in that office. I thought that was Fred Sanford. <laughs> you know, it's close enough. Okay, so uh, <laughs> you said, you were quoted saying, I'm ashamed I didn't speak out. I'm ashamed my desire to protect another black person from unfair persecution in society that's all too well, often happy to persecute and kill them without consideration of innocence or guilt was misguided, misplaced, and misapplied. Um, this little bit of gossip weighs so heavily on my heart and conscience. I think that's so um, well said. When we look at, like I say, you look at this whole NFL player thing, you're like, how many videos have we seen just, how many have you seen just this week of black people being unfairly targeted, punched, shot, he just Whatever. got out of jail because the DNA proved that he didn't do it. He's been in there 27 years, 12 years, right. 40 years, whatever. Uh, the Emmett Till yep. uh, reality. I went to the National Museum of African American History and Culture, and the, they have a big Emmett Till uh, exhibit. And those things uh, weigh on your mind. You know, it's like uh, we don't want to unfairly accuse someone, but then. Uh, there's this rumor that you know about, but I don't have any other corroboration. I don't have any, I don't know what right. to do with it. I don't, right. you know, and I don't want to be the one who says, yeah, but there's this rumor. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. And you talked about this with uh, Morgan Freeman. Um, you said all victims of sexual assault and harassment deserve to be heard, Freeman said, and we need to listen to them, but it's not right to equate horrific incidents. I've said the same thing with my friend Al Franken, that I don't know the whole reality, Marsha, because you're right. Like, you and I are, but I know him. He's kind of a choir boy. Like, I think he took a goofy, stupid picture, and he took it. It's not the same thing as well, Donald Trump being accused of a sexual assault by 19 that women. sexual assault, rape, and harassment are different things. Right. So that what might rise to the level of harassment, no, it's not rape. Right. And no, it shouldn't be equated with rape. But it 
is harassment. You know, uh, the pubic hair on my Coke can. Hello. You know, that's about all you need. And so maybe, you know, grabbing somebody's boob while they're asleep. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. No, exactly. I mean, but the other thing is, we're both comedians. I don't know if you've done USO tours, but I'm going. He was like, well, look, I'm looking, I'm grabbing her tits. Like, it, yeah, but if I grab your tits as a joke, I meant to grab your tits. Well, and I would, <laughs> and I would want it. Can yeah. I just say? Let me just go on record as saying I would want it, Travis. Yeah, well, so the so basically, because she's Marsha Warfield, comedy legend, in, in, who informed, I worship. Informed consent. How many glasses have you had? Just like uh, just a couple. And okay. I, also, I didn't know until today. <laughs> but she I was didn't. Ga- she was gay, and so uh, <laughs> oh wow. Um, and you're in town <laughs> to pay tribute to. Uh, oh, sorry, I can't turn off my box. My favorite song. <laughs> Have you heard Al Green's pay- version? Al Green's version is just the bomb. What? Sean, <laughs> no, find just, it. Find it a- for Marsha and I. Al Green's version of what? Romeo and Juliet? Yeah. Okay. okay. Let's do it. That's good. What, we're going to close to that. And there could be some, uh, you know, overclosed touching. If you find there could it, be let some, me know. Yeah, we're gonna, <laughs> yeah, there could be some shit that happens at the end of this happy hour that hasn't happened. All right, so you're in town because you live in Vegas. You're in town for um, the, the, the night court tribute to Harry Anderson, who, um, God damn, like, I I got to say, like, I've had uh, Amy Yazbek was on my show and John Ritter uh, was on uh, I've Got a Secret. And when these, not just Hollywood legends, but really incredibly nice, kind Hollywood legends die unexpectedly young, it is traumatic, and when they say, "Oh, you were like a family in Night Court," you know, you were, weren't you? I mean, well, yeah, and I was, well, you know, the the long lost cousin. I came in, uh, in fact, after the first two bailiffs passed away. So, wait, Travis told me the story. Yeah, okay, about just tell it. Well, no, they they had. I, I, I'm blanking on their names right now. Selma uh, Diamond and uh, Flo Hallett. But they Hallett. They both died of lung cancer. Yeah, they, they, well, the first one, Selma was the first. Selma died. Selma did the first uh, year and a half. Night Court was picked up at midseason. Yeah, and so she did the first year and a half. Then Flo replaced her, and died on hiatus. But both of them were for lung lung cancer. And smoking. Both of them were sixty four. Yeah, so they had to go. They had to go against the grain when they hired a new bailiff. And they were and like, they "We need someone me. younger that does not smoke." And half their age. And I did smoke, and I quit. Yeah. <laughs> You used to smoke on stage. I loved it. I mean, not just just your whole persona. And I was thinking about how the whole, because I didn't know, like, I dated guys, too, when I was younger. And a lot of my earlier material, too, was about guys because I dated guys. But I remember you, what was your great joke about, you know, you're like, they say, you know, puff, <laughs> you know, they say that women like to look at a man's eyes. I, I'm like, I don't need that i have eyes i have eyes oh my god that was the most elegant dick joke ever because then it took the audience a second to go oh she's talking about she doesn't have a dick she has eyes. yeah what does she not have that he has hmm. <laughs> but i mean but that you know i i assume that part at that point was authentic for you that you dated guys when you were younger and, right yeah i did when i did was you, married when, how, i got married when i was 18 for how long until i was 19 <laughs> Figure that out. So quick. when did you realize you were gay? Uh, not until I moved to Los Angeles. Ah, in? In uh, 1976 and uh, maybe 1977 I met her. Oh. Yeah, her. Is there her now? 
Uh, no, there's no her now. I don't know me. where the old lady gay bars are. So me neither. I, me neither. There's no her now. There was a her. Yeah, I'm looking for a her. Oh, me too. She All right. Let's her. go cruising together. Hey. Hey, let's be each other's wingman. Girl, something. I am the worst butch in the world. I am. I, I am. I just, I'm not. I'm not. I, don't I know. only like the really pretty lesbian yeah. lipstick one. It's horrible. No, I'm okay. I, that's I'm why I always I always get the straight ones. It's I don't know. I fine. you know stud this. I, I, I'm a femme stud. I'm a fud. I'm a fud. What, what does that I, mean? I what are you know. looking for? I'm looking. I like femme women. Oh, me too. Oh but my I god, like we're going to be competing. Yeah, I like femme women though who can like uh, drive a truck. You know, I, I, it's kind of weird. No, I get it. It's hot. <laughs> Wait, or so, wait I assume you have an Emmy. Do you not? You probably should. No, I don't. All right, because we're going to be competing for the Femmes, and then I mean, she's going to be like, I'm Marshall Warfield. I have a fucking Emmy for it. And I'll be like, I work in my basement. Oh, I thought you were going to say you were competing for the Femmies. Yes, we are competing for the Femmies. I know, she I just created a new award show. Right. Yeah. The Femmies. The Femmies. Yeah. It's a new award show. Hey, that would be cool. Let's start that. So the Lesbian Award Show. The Femmies. Ellen wins every freaking year. All right, so wait, you're out here for uh, Harry Anderson's... Uh, what? Wait, what did... I'm so sorry. What did he die of? I don't he's know. He's not very old. No, he's... Uh, he old. wasn't. Harry, was, Harry and I were the two youngest castmates. Yeah. So for him to, to be gone is... Uh, it hit me harder than I, I knew. I mean, I... I meant to just talk about it on a Facebook Live. I know. You thing, said, oh, no. And I ended like, up in oh, tears, man. like, right away. I had no clue that was going to happen. It just Yeah. Yeah, you were like, oh, rest in peace, Harry the Hat. You were my friend. Uh, yeah, That's my favorite. One of my favorite characters in TV history was Harry the Hat. I knew him as Harry the Hat before I met him, and I thought that was the greatest lovable rogue character ever i mean he was just i look forward to seeing him on Jesus. yeah yeah um, uh, it was he died of a stroke yeah okay well anyway thanks for bringing us down travis you asked that's um, okay he died Whatever. of not producing anymore. is just buzz that's killing that's all it is um you're from uh, chicago which i live i lived in chicago chicago i've lived in chicago in south chicago. side south side yeah yeah there's a two different accents you know Chicago, that's Pulaski. I North, lived, I lived up Pulaski because I'm, 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 I'm half like Pulaski. Chicago, you know, Chicago. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it. Um, we've often uh, noticed that uh, Oak Park has uh, no parking, which is weird. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I lived in uh, Chicago for uh, you know only for a year and a half. I did uh, morning drive on WCKG, everybody, and I lived up Pulaski. But you are uh, a proud Chicago native. Yeah, um, I was what? just there in February. I brought the blizzard to town. I, <laughs> I, they hadn't I had Buffalo. a blizzard all winter. The week I was there, it snowed and stopped traffic. It was just awful. So, you know, I don't um, think they're going to so ask me back. Siblings, what's your whole deal with uh, Chicago? I mean, because you know, your so your mom has passed. I take it. Yes. Yeah, my mom's ninety-five, still with us. My mom died early. She was uh, 56. Oh, wow. Wow. Breast How cancer. long ago? Uh, 1995. Okay. That's but when so, uh, I crashed about, and burned. So wait, you talked about, you said, uh, when I told my mom I was gay, 
she said she knew she'd known all my life then she asked me not to come out publicly while she was alive i agreed even though her request and her admission was hurtful in ways i couldn't put my finger on and then probably haven't completely worked through now but everybody who knew me knew i was gay people i didn't tell knew anyway tacitly agreed to pretend that the unacknowledged had been acknowledged and accepted like i'm sure is true for millions of other people Right. In the gay, the glass door for closet people. Closet with the glass door. The We're glass in the closet door. with the glass There's door. The glass yeah. door. Yeah, the cat, that cat's been out of that uh, invisible right. bag. You said I never tried to hide who I was, um, so it was an open secret, um, but it wasn't a secret. It was an uncomfortably kept promise to my mom. It, it was not the only reason I didn't come out swinging when she passed. The fear of the judgment of strangers and their holier-than-thou shoulds was at least as big a burden to bear. But the shoulds and the should don't matter. Nobody should have to hide their sexuality. No parent should ask their child to. There should be no shame in being gay. And how fantastic that we're taping this on June 1st, the beginning of June, Gay Pride Month. Yay! Right? So what... You're here a week what? early, by the way. You could find a lesbian next week at Gay Pride here in L.A. Yeah, well, you know, maybe I can get some stragglers. <laughs> well, some early, arri- stragglers. early arrivals. Yeah, early, yeah. But so, um, so when your mom passed, you that's what you're saying. Like, I didn't feel like, oh, i got to come out right away. I mean, because we all have a different time frame. And if we all judge each other, no one will ever fucking come out anymore. Well, if you feel you like... Know, we still have a don't ask, don't tell mentality. We still live in a society that says it's okay but then as soon as you say something people go well why do you have to mention it why do you have to why do you like they don't announce their heterosexuality every day uh but uh, they why do you have to say anything why can't i I say it because um, you assume things about me but i talked to arsenio hall about this about you know particularly in the black community and you talked about patty lapel Patty LaBelle saying um, Luther Vandross was gay in the black communities, tried and true, and blaze of don't ask, don't tell. You said, I ain't mad at Patty LaBelle. I'm mad at the people who are. Um, she said Vandross didn't come out in deference to his mother right. and his female fans. Um, and then some celebrities like Wendy Williams and others criticized, you know, Patty because she outed him. Um, you said her words were obviously tempered with love and obvious affection for her best, best friend. She said being closeted was hard for him. Um, and you said the military doesn't have shit on us when it comes to don't ask, don't tell. We know, but we act like we don't know. And you were talking about specifically the black community. Yeah, but it's a, it, you know, the black community is a microcosm in, in a lot of ways in this kind of story. We, it's bigger than, than us, but especially in the in the black community we we uh you know it's in some ways very conservative with the yeah, christian church stuff. church thing then people are conflicted you know we all have family members we all and then people just feel more comfortable with their you know l- quiet lives well yeah it's just but, you know but don't aunt, you think don't you aunt, think aunt theodosia just has a lot of lady friends we have a lot of Play on tees. (laughs) (laughs) But don't you feel like, Marsha, I've been thinking this more and more lately, that Christians got to take their fucking religion back before we can take this country back because they pulled, like, evangelicals, and they are the people least likely to believe in letting refugees in. And you're like, that is the most antithetical to what Jesus actually said. Well, you know, I used to be uh, an avowed... Christian woman, and then I read the Bible and went, 
that's enough of that. And so uh, I, I don't do that anymore, and I don't understand people yeah. who, uh, use, who cherry pick. You know, right. you could right. take any book. Right. You could take, you know, uh, Live and Let Die or whatever right. and pick out a line here and there and come up with some really deep, you know, meaningful stuff. But it wouldn't have anything to do with the whole book. When you read the whole book, all those different little passages you'd like to quote have a whole different meaning. And maybe you need to just start at the beginning and then take it all the way through and see how you feel well, about it. You, yeah, I love what, you know, there's a lot of these great stories. And you just tweet about all of them. U.S. lost track of 1,500 immigrant children but says it's not legally responsible. You just tweeted, what kind of people think this is okay? Um, Did you read the responses? Those are great people. Yeah. They told told us who who has those kinds of I stay of out of the comments section. That's, <laughs> oh, you just yeah. avoid the comments yeah. section at all costs. Um, Roseanne Barr attacks cast members on Twitter after following cancellation. You just said, guess the Ambien wore off. Um, <laughs> you're just like, your stuff is always just so like, targeted. Um, this one, these 14 women were brutally attacked for rejecting men. Why aren't we talking about it? You said, I'm all out of patience with the why didn't she just victim-blaming apologist. She didn't just because women who just have been beaten and killed. A young girl recently just told a boy no, so he killed her and shot up the school. Um, yeah, this is right. That There are people actually going, why didn't she just fuck him? You're like, or why really? did she wait 20 years? Because 20 years ago... She would have been re-victimized even worse than you're doing now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, 20 years ago, it was not a big deal. It, 20 years ago, there were no women in charge. You know, they didn't start paying attention to domestic violence until women started uh, being allowed to be on the police force. Yeah. And so when they would send guys, they would just tell the guy to go walk around the block and then go yeah. home. But when women started going out to these domestic violence calls, they would take the men aside and then talk to the women. And they had a different idea about how these things should be prosecuted. And so they started doing more investigation and it became a thing. So when you have women in positions, just like when you have a black woman head in ABC, then when somebody says something reprehensible, there are consequences that there might not have been had there not been a woman Doesn't that, who was black. Absolutely, Marsh. Doesn't that give you hope? Doesn't that fucking like make you think, shit, like maybe between what you saw with Cosby, like no one will ever say anything, and he's Bill Cosby, and no one, and there's this whole Me Too movement, and there's this whole, like, um, I, I actually do believe in this, that we're going to, like, I think we're going to overcome all this. Don't you? I mean, I feel I think like women are making a difference. I think the the ERA uh, being passed in Illinois uh, is more than symbolic. Yeah. Yeah. I think women are making a difference, and and all of this is is female driven. All of this, this Harvey Weinstein, the Bill Cosby, it's all female driven. It's yeah. because women have now attained positions where their voices can be heard. They have Marshall Warfield themselves. <laughs> you word this before. This was a thing. I got to say, you were such an inspiration to me and to so many women, to black people, to gay people. Like, I didn't even, and I, you're right, like, I didn't even know I was gay then. But you were just this fierce, outspoken, funny, profane black woman that was just 
putting it out there back. I mean, in the seventies, right? I mean, in the back in, then, it was the uh, Elaine Boozler. Yes, and I my were other hero. pretty yeah. much the only ones female stand-up monologist. Mm-hmm. Grab the mm-hmm. mic and just took yes. it and did our thing. She's and done this. So everybody yes, else yes. said, you know, you got balls. So that was the standard. And I'm like, no, I got eggs and my eggs and tits. Are, yeah. You know, I'll but put no, my I eggs and tits up you against were. your balls any day. <laughs> well, no, not really, but you know what I mean. I mean, I follow <laughs> you on Twitter. You're just like when Trump said at a Nashville rally, Trump asked attendees to raise their hands, asked if they're infiltrating our campaign. You tweeted, we have a mental health crisis in this country. <laughs> when, you know, Don Lemon said, this is a much, much bigger than Roseanne's tweet. This is about the normalization of racism across this country. You said, when has racism not been normal in this country? You further tweeted, even if we got rid of all the racists, we still have work to do to eliminate racism because they put self-perpetuating systems in place to protect it generations ago. And most people don't see anything wrong with that. If you're comfortable in your little enclave with its people who look like you, you're one of those people. And that's what we need to hear right now. How, you know, because everyone's like, oh, it's Obama. I thought we were post-racial. And you're like, no. You know, we have to scare them back into their fucking hidey Haiti holes these racists we have to this is why abc's is a great thing to go no you know what that's not okay roseanne no i talk about how in the in the north which is every place that's not the south and the south is every place that's not a city uh they didn't have jim crow but they had a kind of gentler kind of uh thing it was more like james crow the uh north Jim Crow's yeah. northern cousin. Yeah. So they were different. The only difference was they didn't put up signs. You know, you just had to know <laughs> that you weren't allowed to do things. Yeah. And so it's uh, it. The point is to try to get people to understand that it's not just them. It's everybody. It's all, it's of, all us, of us. Yeah. You know? and, and I have a I'm, problem with pointing out racist. Let's point out racism because pointing out racism. You could just go around the room. We can go around this room. We can go around any room. You're going to find racists because we are all taught that. We're taught. I was told uh, in New York by a black man that I'm a racist because I have only white dogs. See? So I understand. Well, but you have dogs. That's racist. I understand. <laughs> no, um, I'm just kidding. You but retweeted dogs the, were a, were weaponized well, against. This is black why people. we so. exactly. But we have to unite now. Before these midterms, you tweeted there was an inside the pro-Trump effort to keep black voters from the polls. Breitbart staffer recruited Sanders activist Bruce Carter to get African-Americans to support the Republican or stay home. And you tweeted how many Bernie supporters got recruited to fluff for Trump. And if we don't get this now with what is happening with this virulent, vicious racist in the White House... But when will we tool. ever get it? It's a tool. It's a tool, and it was a tool that was used here again to weaponize. There was, I mean, Hillary Clinton should be president. Let's, yes. you know, well, she is. Like, technically. don't like, you know, care, don't care. She was the only adult in the room, and she just, just no reason why she shouldn't be president. And, and it's not, a, like I said, about loving, because that's where people go, well, you must love her. I don't love any president. I don't give a I don't shit fucking about know them. president. But it's a job. That's you hire a guy or a girl. You just, I mean, you don't fall in. It's not a popularity contest. And so, 
She should be. Why is she not? Because she's a woman. Yeah. That's the only yeah. reason. It, had she not been a woman, she'd be president. Yeah, absolutely. Marsha Warfield, um, I, I feel like, Travis, I've controlled myself to the degree that I can for my uh, worship it. of Marsha Warfield. I appreciate it. Our advertisers appreciate it. if you it. are a comedian of any age uh, or any person, you would understand that Marsha Warfield was uh, and is this fierce voice for uh, all of this shit before it happened before with me Tooism, with uh, the racism that's happening in america uh, all of it and you inspired uh just a generation and you still are well and, see now i'm a rookie i'm just like yeah. two and a half three years at, out of retirement i was i didn't do stand up for over no you have to years. now now you're the so, resistance man yeah. now it is required so, uh, of I'm, you i'm just learning i'm just now coming into uh, the confidence. Go to MarshallWarfield.com uh, and and being able to go on stage and take these topics, everything from uh, yeah. Jim Crow to being gay to no, you're not retired. Whatever, uh, no, and listen. be able to take them on and break America them, needs you. Get whatever. the fuck out there. Listen, <laughs> you have to understand why we all knew from the day she first hit the stage and at the comedy store we all saw her and it revered her you gotta go to marshallwarfield.com see why uh she is one of the original resistance warriors and uh i just so honored to to have you here and to uh please go support her marshallwarfield.com go see her live you will see what we're all talking about Thank you. That's that's so sweet. I mean, I'm trying sitting here wondering who the hell is she talking about? I'm talking about you. Who is she talking about? Love you, Marshall Warfield. Thank you. An honor. A pleasure. Thank you.